0: Uh, go ahead ushers come forward let's give as god has given us it's all from god it's all for god and if you're here for the first second or third time and you've got that card with 85 blanks in it and you're already watching the baskets blow past you don't worry about that whatsoever you have the rest of the service Uh, to fill that thing out. And then as you head out today, uh, we've got some really nice people. As soon as you get outside and take a really hard right, that's our info table. Uh, We've got a gift for you because you matter to us and you made this place matter to you. And so we want to say thank you in a way that is filled with candy in a mug so that tomorrow morning you can have some coffee and get your day started without being tired. Uh, Also at that table, you can see some signups for groups. We've got two life groups that we're pushing really hard. Life groups are where church becomes family. And the two that we're pushing really really hard is a marriage group that meets tonight at 5 p.m. at Main Campus, which is Ashland and Fowler area. You can talk to me afterwards because I lead that one with my wife. And then on Tuesdays, there's Alpha. Alpha is a great question and answer behind the scenes look at what it is to follow Jesus. And Pastor Greg is leading that. So you can find him at the info table and me around that area. We would love to get you locked and loaded in those. So we're going to be in Luke 18 today. This is uh, a story of Jesus bringing physical healing to somebody his life. And for the last week, this week, and the next five weeks, we're looking at what it means to be transformed by Jesus. There are tons of areas in his life, that, in our lives, that he wants to work. And so this week, we're looking at physical healing. This is something that Jesus is used to. This is something that's already happened within our church family. And so for the next few weeks, for some of the weeks, we're going to have videos about how we're going to talk about something that happens in the Bible and have a video, a story of how that has already happened in somebody's life in our church. Uh, So right now, we're going to see Becky's video about how Jesus has already begun the work and already finished uh, a lot of the work of physical transformation in her life. Let's check this out.
1: Hi, my name's Becky. In January of 2017, I got really sick and ended up in the hospital. My husband called the family all together and had to make a plan for me.
2: So we got a phone call that um, my mom was sick. They thought she had the flu, um, but my dad had been out of town, and when he came back, she was completely dehydrated and lethargic, and he wasn't really sure what was going on. So he took her to the emergency room, and by the next morning when they got her into a room and I got there, um, they told us that she had C. diff, which was a much more serious condition than we originally thought she had, being as my dad and my mom had both thought she had the flu. Um, We walked into the hospital, and it was the strangest thing I'd ever experienced. We couldn't even go in the room without wearing gloves and basically like a miniature hazmat suit. Um, Anything that went into the room couldn't go out of the room, so nothing could go into the room but us. And if we left the room, we had to scrub down to leave because they said that the infection was so serious and so highly contagious that we could spread it if we took anything out of the room with us. Very quickly, things seemed to get worse. And at this time, we kind of left the hospital that night and they were going to try to do some antibiotics with her. And they were um, a little optimistic about what was gonna happen. But honestly, I went home that night um, with my husband and we prayed. We weren't sure what was gonna happen. By the next morning, when I got back to the hospital, they were wanting us to meet with a surgeon. And at that meeting with the surgeon, the surgeon told my dad and I that we had to make a decision to either have her colon completely removed or to probably lose her. Um, And that was the hardest decision that we thought we would ever have to make. You know, the, um, the look in my dad's eyes was just the worst thing that I could ever imagine. Throughout the rest of that day because we had to make so many decisions so quickly we really had to turn towards God and um, and start to pray and pray that we would have the right doctors and the right surgeon and the right people working on my mom and that we were making the right decision and that we weren't we weren't relying on our own um, decisions but rather turning the whole situation over to God and and just believing that that the right thing was going to happen and that he was going to heal her and, and just transform this whole situation um, into a blessing, and um, and that's what we did. We just we just started to pray. So after the meeting with the surgeon, and we decided to go with the colon removal surgery, even though there was still a risk that we might lose her, there was it was less of a risk to have the colon removed. Um, but we also knew that it was going to be you know, a road to recovery. It wasn't going to be a simple fix. Um, in fact, that night when the surgeon came out of the surgery that lasted much longer than they anticipated, you know, it wasn't an optimistic prognosis that evening. And she spent the next couple of days in the ICU on a ventilator um, and just just still struggling and fighting to, to recover. Um, but we continued to pray and as the weeks went on she gradually was released from the ICU and into a regular room and finally she was moved to a rehabilitation center but for us the prayer could never cease because we had to continue to put faith in Jesus that he was going to continue to heal her and transform her body
1: most of the time when I was in the hospital I had no idea this was going on that I was this sick and so when I saw that Robin had put out prayer requests and so many people responded it was just amazing to me and it, it really made me think that there's, there's more to God than people talk about there's more to the healing I couldn't have just done it on my own I needed God to, to get me through this and I continued to be sick for at least another year and I'm finally back on track so I think the thing is, his, his love for me, no matter what, and for my family, is what I love about God. I understand better now. Before, it was just the thought of religion or whatever was just something out there. But now, when I go to Sunnyside Church every week, I pass by that rehabilitation hospital that I was in for a week, and I remember where I was then and where I am now and how thankful and grateful I am for such a loving God. I'm Becky, and my sickness was no problem for my king.
0: It's a great story. It's also a good reminder for all of us that our physical bodies at one point or another in our life are going to provide a need for God to come in and bring healing for all of us. And so with that in mind, our our physical transformation, our need for physical transformation isn't leaving yet, okay? There will come a time when each and every one of us leave this earth. Our heart stops beating, we die. And for those of us who are believers, if you're a Christian here, if you're not, you will have a chance to become a Christian at the end of this service. Uh, But we're going to go spend eternity with Jesus where there is no more sickness, no more pain, no more brokenness. Everything is perfect, even down to our bodies. In the meantime there's a need for physical healing literally all around us because we bring it everywhere we go within our bodies. For Jesus, it was the same way. This wasn't a surprise. When he walked around and he saw people who needed healing, he was never, whoa, what the heck happened here? This, this need was something that was totally there. So in Luke 18, 35, uh, this one of these occurrences happens. Jesus approaches Jericho, and as he's doing so, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. Like Luke goes into no detail, Luke, the guy writing this, goes into no, like above, the, above and beyond detail about why this guy was blind or whatever. It's just saying, yeah, there's a blind guy because people in that day and in our day are also used to people having physical limitations. This, this highlights what, what we say as a Bible term is that we're living in the tension between the already and the not yet, all right? When Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead three days later, he brought with him all power over sickness and disease so that we can ask God to bring healing into our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Bring it through us as we pray for people, as we lay hands on people, asking God to heal them. We already live in that point where we worship a God, we're filled by the power of a God who can heal sickness and disease, and, and all of us hear that, but we also realize that we've, we've been to a funeral, and we know that there are people who still die. We know that one day, each and every one of us will die. That day is coming for all of us. Either we're going to die, or Jesus is going to come back. That is your final destination, regardless of what you want to admit now, but for all of us, we're going to die, which, which reminds us that we are not yet living in the place where everything has been made perfect. We're not yet living in heaven. We're not living after the second coming of Jesus where disease and sickness and death is wiped off the face of the earth. So our need for physical transformation is not leaving, but one day it will. And so in the meantime, we pray for people. We ask God to get involved in people's lives physically because we want to see, we want, we care for people, we care about the power of God, and we want to see that released in people's lives as God brings miraculous healing into them. I mean, that, that right there, there's two things that we care about big time as Christians. We care about the power of God, right? We love talking about the cross because it's the power of God poured out for the forgiveness of our sins, right? we, we wear crosses because it's a symbol of God taking on human form to bring us into relationship with him. That happened because God is an all-powerful God. We care about the power of God. We celebrate the power of God. We ask for more of the power of God in our life so we can walk away from bad things and walk toward good things. And it also highlights as Christians our love for other people. Jesus said that everything in the Bible can be reduced to two commandments. You love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and you love people, those around you, as you love yourself. So for us to look at the need for physical healing, look at God's power to bring physical healing, this shines a big spotlight on God as a powerful God and also God who empowers us and encourages us and tells us, go love love people. Go show people my love for them. And so today at the end of the service, the worship team is gonna play a few more psalms and we're gonna have a bunch of people across the front who want to step into those two things. You wanna wear those two shoes as we celebrate the power of God and love for people. And we're going to pray for people to be healed today. If you're here, you've got sickness, you've got brokenness, you've got something in your physical body where you want God to work, man, you came on the right day. Because we're going to ask God to bring healing today. Ask God to show us his love for people by specifically healing the things in our lives where we need him to heal. And part of that is because physical pain creates a desperate need in our lives, Physical pain creates a desperate need in our life. It's one of the things that Becky said in the video. She said, I couldn't fix this. I couldn't heal this on my own. I needed God. Physical pain creates a desperate need in our life. It's one of those unique needs that you and I just can't solve on our own, okay? One of the weeks uh, in October, we're going to look at relational transformation and how we transform our relationships, putting back together stuff that's been broken, and if you look at your relationships and friends that you have or used to have, one of the things that can help fix those relationships is by you humbling yourself and going to apologize to the person. Okay, you're taking it on to yourself to bring transformation in your situation. When we look at healing, when we look at physical brokenness, it's not the same. You can't just say, okay, I've got a fever today. I'm going to unfever myself for tomorrow, I'll be good. It doesn't always work that way, okay? We've all been sick for more than one day to know that it doesn't happen just like that. Physical pain creates a unique need in our lives. So Jesus walks up through Jericho. There's a blind beggar. Verse 36, when the beggar heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. The people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted later, son, shouted louder Son of David, have mercy on me. It's a unique situation. He is powerless to change his own situation. He's asking Jesus boldly, loudly, embarrassingly so Jesus, come do something because he could do nothing on his own. I broke my arm when I was riding my bike. You can think, yeah, it's common for seven year olds. I was 30. Uh, Kind of an overachiever in that way. Uh, I just gotten a new bike. I was going to a Starbucks. It was about two, two miles away from my house. I figured I'm gonna ride, I'm gonna get get some exercise. And so uh, I'm headed out of my house, just like turn the corner so nobody could see me do this. Uh, But instead of going to shift sprockets, I grabbed the front brake, which means that the front wheel stops, but then the back wheel and me who's on top of it goes over the front and into the asphalt. Uh, So I did that and then got up and realized, well, that's really embarrassing. We should never do that again. Elbow hurts a little bit, but I think we're fine. Uh, So I got back up on my bike, I'm going to holster it into my, my bike riding arm thingy. I uh, rode two miles to Starbucks. And then I got there. I got my drink, put out my, the book that I was going to read because I was studying for a bunch of stuff. Uh, and I found out that like, this was the only position where my arm did not feel horrible. So for two hours, I sat there at Starbucks reading a book like this. Uh, after two hours, I got up, went to my bike, and realized this arm's not doing much any That like, like You can still ride a bike with one hand. But if this arm isn't going to come to the party, then that means that my only option for braking is with my left hand, which, once again, we learned two miles before, takes all of the bike, including me, and throws it into the asphalt. So I was desperate. When you're desperate, you make a big deal, and you get somebody to help you. That's what we just read in the story. Uh, My friend Anson, who's an usher and greeter first service, he was sitting right over there where Bob's sitting. Uh, He works about a mile away from Starbucks, and he has a huge truck. I didn't want to call Anna because uh, she would have to put the bike rack on the car. And like me with one arm, we would put the bike up. That's never going to work. And the kids were napping. And if you have little kids, you know that nap time is sacred time. And if you violate nap space, you're a a horrible person. So I decided, okay, I'm going to get the bike home without waking the kids. So I call up my friend, Anson. I'm like, dude, I am in big trouble. I have a bike. I have a two-mile distance between Starbucks and my house. And there's no way I can get home. So he's like, all right, I'll be right there. So he drives up in his huge, massive truck. He puts the bike in the back of the truck. I gingerly get in the truck with one hand. I uh, buckle the seatbelt across my, myself, and, and we drive home. Uh, Anna's, Anna's working in the house. She hears Anson's truck, because it's a big, loud diesel truck. And she wonders, why is our friend here, and why is Ken's bike in the back? And then uh, this frail 30-year-old gets out of the car with one arm draped across his chest, trying to do everything with his off hand. Uh, and that's how I got home that day. It was not me. I could not get myself home. I had to call my friend in my embarrassment and say, I fell off my bike just like your son did, but your son is nine and I'm 30. Uh, I need you to help me get home. Physical pain creates a desperate need in our lives. And so for the guy here, he's, he's begging, he's screaming out for healing. He's not gonna settle with, you know, I'll try to get home, I'll try to just do this, If Jesus just wants to hear me, then then that's up to Jesus. So he calls out, Jesus, can you hear me? No, he's screaming. He's saying, Jesus, have mercy on me. You are someone who can do something. I'm not going to let this opportunity go by. Jesus at at this point is on a one-way trek through Jericho, on his way to Jerusalem, on his way to the cross where he's going to pay for all of our sins. He's not coming back through Jericho. There is no point in this guy's mind where he thinks, you know what, I will get him on round two. Eventually he's going to come back through. No, he says, this is my moment. I'm screaming out. I'm going to make sure that Jesus hears me because it's physical pain. I think even among people who don't follow Jesus, there's an acceptance that it's okay to ask for God's healing in our lives physically. Uh, before Easter and before Christmas, we do this thing where we go through the neighborhoods around our church uh, with big smiles and $5 Starbucks cards, and we knock on people's door and we say, hey, we are a church in your neighborhood, and we want you to know that there's a church that cares about you, and there's a God that cares about you. Merry Christmas slash Happy Easter. Here's some free Starbucks. Can we pray about anything for you? And we get a number of responses to that. Can we pray about anything for you? Uh, A lot of times what people say is somebody is sick, somebody is in the hospital, somebody has something physical going on. Nobody says my son is a jerk, can you fix him? It's always something physical because it's understood that, that God can actually respond to that desperate, unique need that physical pain brings in our lives. It's acceptable among people, it's acceptable in our culture, and it's totally acceptable with God because Jesus is full of power and love as shown through physical healing. He's full of power and love as shown through physical healing. So the guy's yelling, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and he ordered that the man be brought to him. And as the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. Jesus is full of power and love as this guy walks up to him. And I think those two things are so crucial in this. Because if all Jesus had was power, he's not stopping for the guy. Right? In that day, if you were blind, that means you did something to deserve being blind. Or your parents did something to deserve you being blind. There's no way that Jesus, a holy man, would stop for such an unholy, punished creature but he's full of love. And so Jesus stops for him. He's full of power so that he can do something. He's full of love. But if he was only full of love and no power, what'd he do? He'd stop, he'd hug him, give him a piece of fish and keep walking. I mean, if he was only full of love and no power, we cry out to him, Jesus, this is broken in my life. Can you do something? And Jesus fills our hearts with peace as our body is filled with disease. And Jesus moves on to solve a different problem. But that's not what it is. Jesus is full of power and love. Jesus' love pushes and motivates him to expressions and outpourings and occurrences of power. And Jesus' power is fueled by his love for his children. That's you and me. Where not only will he hear us, not only will he listen to us, not only will he fill us with peace, not only will he draw us to himself in the moments where we need it and every other moment where we make ourselves available to him, but also he has the power to heal anything. He's got the power to heal anything. Year, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, there's a guy named Isaiah who's, who's writing under the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, prophesying what Jesus is going to be like. And he says this in Isaiah 53:5. He says, Jesus will be beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Right there, he's talking about how Jesus paid the penalty for our sin physically so that we switch places with Jesus before God, that he took on the punishment, took on the separation, took on the darkness for every sin committed by every person who's ever alive, and that in doing that, in taking our place for that, we take his place before God. We take his place before God, and when it comes to our sins being forgiven when it comes to standing before God as a son and a daughter and also when it comes to standing before God in his power to heal. He stood in our place so that we could stand in his place as vessels to receive God's healing. Jesus is full of power and love as shown through physical healing. And so our job is to ask Jesus to heal us Because physical healing is no problem for my king. That's a phrase that we're going to drag through uh, the next five weeks. Because everything that we come against, every area in our life where we need transformation, fill in the blank as you want. Just like what Becky did. She said, my disease was no power for my king. Next week, it's going to be emotional transformation. My emotions were no problem for my king. Our job is to ask Jesus to heal us. Because physical healing is no problem for my king. And so the guy gets that. Jesus says, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he says, I want to see. You know, he had choices. He's a beggar, he needs everything. He could have said, God, I want some money. Jesus owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the hills themselves. He could have given him more money than the guy could ever imagine in an instant. Then the guy can buy a house, he can buy servants. He can get up off the dirt and like live like a blind rich guy for the rest of his life. He could have asked for comfort. I mean, he's living in a desert before there's air conditioning. Living on the ground, being rejected by everybody who thinks that he's cursed. He could have asked for comfort. And he'd still be blind. So what does he do? He asks for his sight. Jesus is walking by. He says, this is my chance. He's not going to bunt. He's swinging for the fences. And he says, Jesus, I want you to heal me. Our job today is there are areas in our life where we need physical healing is we're going to put God to the test on this one. We're going to say, God, you are a healer. We see you heal. Lord, I want to experience this. I want you to pour out your healing power over my life. And so he asks, says, Lord, I want to see. He's trusting that God is a good heavenly father in a great mood who can pour out healing power, who can pour out good gifts over his life. He says, I want to see. And Jesus replies. He doesn't criticize him for asking for a big thing. He doesn't say, you're being selfish. He responds and he says, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus praising God. And all who saw it praised God too. And it's a story of a life restored. A guy who goes from being blind, so he's on the down and outs as far as living a decent life. He's blind, which means everybody assumes that he's cursed, that his family did something wrong. He's blind, so he's got no way to provide for himself. And in an instant, Jesus heals all that. He shows his value as a son of God, somebody who Jesus is coming to die for by bringing healing into his life. Jesus restores him to his community because he's no longer a symbol of curse or punishment. Jesus restores him materially because now the guy can can get his own food. The guy can live his own life. Because physical healing is no problem for our king. And today we want to step into that. There's no formula to this. All right? Last week, Jesus touches the guy and he brings healing. This week, Jesus says, be healed. And there's healing. There's another story where a guy comes from a few towns away and says, hey, I've got my servant way back in that town over there. He's going to die. Can you heal him? And Jesus says, boom, done. He's getting farther and farther away, but the same power is still there to bring healing into our lives. And so today we're going to experience that. We're going to ask God, God, you know the situation that's going on inside my body. I want to experience your healing today. You know the brokenness. I want to experience your healing. Because God's in a good mood. He's a good father. And he gives good gifts to to his kids. And so our prayer team is going to be up here. Uh, I encourage you to come up. They're going to ask you a few questions. What do you want Jesus to do in you today? It's the same question that Jesus asks. What do you want me to do? And that's our chance to respond. It's our chance to say, I want healing today. Not just to say, I want peace. I want comfort I want this, but to ask for physical healing today. We've got big faith because we've got a big God. And however big our diagnosis and our pain is, it's still no problem for our king. That's not to minimize what's going on whatsoever, but to maximize the power of God that is here today to heal. So that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to experience. We're trusting God is who he says he is as our all-powerful, all-loving God. That in his love, he has the power to heal us and his power to heal is motivated, spurred on. It's the engine. His uh, his love for us is the engine that brings his healing into us. So let's stand, I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna respond. Father God, I thank you that you're our healing God. I thank you that there is no point in our lives, there's no point in human history and the, what the body can do and cannot do where you look at it and you say, that's a problem for me. But God, that anything that we bring to you, physical healing included, is no problem for our king. Thank you that you're a king that rules in love, that rules in mercy, that rules in compassion, and that as we need you to heal us today, that you're going to be faithful to do that. If you're here today and you've never made the decision to ask Jesus to come into your life to forgive you of your sins, to bring spiritual healing into you, then today's your day to do that. And if you've never done that, I wanna give you a chance to do that. I'm gonna count to three, and when I say three, again, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, I just want you to look at me and raise your hand, and as we close, somebody's gonna walk you through what it means to give your life to Jesus, and it'll be the best decision you could ever make. You're not saying you think you're a perfect person. You're agreeing with every other Christian in here that we know that we are sinners in need of a Savior and that Jesus is that Savior. So when I say three, if that's you, I just want you to look at me and raise your hand. One, God loves you. He always has. He always will. And today, he's calling you to follow him. Two, there are things in all of our lives, mine included, where we push God away and say, I'm doing this my way. That's sin. And Jesus came to forgive us of our sin and to bring us into a right relationship with God. And today's your day to do that. So three, if that's you today, I just want you to look at me and raise your hand. And as we close, somebody's gonna pray with you. It'll be the best decision you could ever make. Is there anyone like that here today? Or today's your day to say yes to Jesus. So this morning, our prayer team was asking God, okay, who needs to know in a fresh way that Jesus sees them? They're Like the blind guy, they're crying out, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops and Jesus speaks to him. So Jesus, who do you need to speak to today? So they believe that they heard that there's somebody with left kidney issues that Jesus wants to heal today. There's somebody who has complications from diabetes that Jesus wants to heal today. There's somebody that's struggling with infertility that Jesus wants to heal today. There's somebody who's suffering from shame and depression that's causing back pain that Jesus wants to heal today. There's somebody with with a messed up right knee that Jesus wants to heal today. And there's somebody with spinal dysfunction here today that Jesus wants to heal. So our prayer team is up on the front and on the sides because we wanna pray for you today. We wanna see the power of God and the love of God invading our physical bodies to remind us of how much we matter to God. And for God to do what only God can do in bringing healing to our lives physically. Let's worship and respond.